Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. I got the first national network radio show, talk show, when I was 50. I could have gotten it when I was 30. I'm not any better. I listen, if I listen to an old tape when I was 26, I'm still the same. I should have been, I was, amb- I was a big man in Miami. I should have spread my wings sooner. I could have made more, a lot more money earlier. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. Very excited about the show today. Part two of Larry King. This guy is a legend among legends among legends. And you are going to be blown away by him. And before I get started, I just want to thank you guys so much for everything. I'm very grateful for your support during this time of the Malibu fires. It's been an incredibly challenging situation, but your messages have been incredible. And I will always remember this time for the outpouring of support that you guys have had for me and for this show. Thank you so much. If you ever need to reach me, you can do so at Barry Katz at Twitter or Instagram, and I will return the salvo. Today, I just got back to my house and the lights popped on and I felt very fortunate. But this week, I had some dark moments because I was really, really sick. I had a crippling intestinal virus and I had three cases of gout in my foot, which I still have. And I just gave up and I just couldn't take it anymore. I just went to Cedars Sinai and got x-rays. And I tell you, as I was waiting in that waiting room, I thought to myself, what my mom always used to tell me, that if you have your health, you have everything. And I sat there and I went in and I got x-rays and 
They send me down to the pharmacy to get medication, and I'm straddling that Rite Aid shopping cart like it's a walker with four green tennis balls on it, and I'm waiting for them to call my name so I can get that medication and just take those first two painkillers and the medication for the gout in my stomach. I heard a ding on my phone, and there was a message from a friend of mine because I had wished them a happy Thanksgiving. And they wrote back saying that this Thanksgiving was the best Thanksgiving they ever had, even though they lost their house. One of 851 families who lost their homes. I just thought that was such an incredible message, and I just felt bad about feeling down. And just as I'm feeling those feelings, I hear my name being called. As I walk up to the counter, an older man turns around and he walks by me and he says, Hi, have a great weekend. And I said, You too. And as I looked down, I saw that he had a prosthetic leg. And I thought to myself, no matter how bad it gets in this world, there's always something that shows you that it's always darkest before the dawn. And there's always something to look forward to and always something positive to take out of what's going on in your life. My kids are safe. I can hug them every night. And I finally have a house to come home to nearly three weeks later with the electricity finally on. I just want to let you know that Although challenging, I realize how grateful I am. And if I had lost my house, I'd still be grateful. And if I had more physical problems, I'd still be grateful. Because I've learned a lot throughout this podcast about myself, about life, and about how everything works, and the possibilities are endless for greatness, for happiness, for inner peace. And I wish you all the best that life has to offer during the ups, the downs, and everywhere in between. And when I think about Larry King, I think about a guy who perseveres through everything, keeps moving forward. The guy got knocked down a lot took a lot of shitty jobs, was accused of a lot of things that hurt his career, lost jobs. People said he was too old. People said he couldn't do it anymore, that he wasn't relevant. Then he comes back in the 70s and 80s and does hundreds of more shows with hundreds of extraordinary guests. The guy never will stop moving, no matter what issues take over his life. He's a proud man, and he deserves to be. And he showed me something that I really, really took to heart. He showed me that you just got to get there early. You just got to take any kind of job you can. 
you got to hang around. And eventually something happens that will give you your shot. And when you get your shot, make sure you've trained and you're ready because you never know when that shot's going to come. But when it does and you're ready, whatever profession you're in, I can guarantee you, you'll have the possibility of the extraordinary career that Larry King has. Here we go in three, two. This show will have laughter. I got everybody pregnant with Barry Katz and semen. I'm not comfortable with the tone this is taking. If you're undeniable, you will not be denied. If you want to be successful in show business, you get yourself a Jew white manager like Barry Katz. <laughs> Being a manager is just turning no's into yeses. Creating holy shit moments. Undeniable. You're fucking firing me up, Katz. I love this man. Is there anything else I should know? You're on. What? Out of the air! Barry Katz. Back in the house. 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 Let's do this. You talk a lot about how you're interviewing somebody and you don't really think about what they're like. I don't care about divorces. and that. I, I wanted them, their profession, what they think about things, but I didn't care of who was sleeping with who. I didn't like gossip. I hate people telling stories about other people. I just, I never liked that. When you were interviewing Donald Trump throughout the years, Many times. and you've interviewed him a plethora of times, did you ever visualize in your mind where we are today? Not at all, because now the Donald Trump that I knew, and I knew, so I went to the Super Bowl with him, I went to see Marla Maples with him on Broadway. I had a minor surgical procedure in New York the night before he took my wife and her friend to dinner. He always comped me at any hotel I stayed at. He was always good to me. We always regarded him as a character. We knew he lied, but it was funny. He was a hotel owner. He lied. I'd be on the, he'd be on my show and say, best ratings you ever had, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but that was not, it was just Donald. He would exaggerate on anything, but it didn't matter. He wanted to get on page six. That was his goal in New York Post. He'd pretend to be his own PR guy and call people. He was a moderate... Republican, almost a Democrat, big supporter of Hillary Clinton as a senator, favored uh, uh, health insurance for all, you know, federal federal health insurance, had no interest in abortion and stuff like that. Come on. And to, to see uh, these uh, far right wing Christians supporting him as a riot. He never went to church. Come on, Donald. <laughs> Donald on abortion, he must have financed 20. <laughs> so when he got to be president, I thought he'd move to the middle and that he was playing the game running and then he would be kind of normal. But he, worse, he, uh, he's taken his. I talked to him when he was running, I talked to him almost every week. He knew I was voting for Hillary. But he respected me, and he would call me with opinions on things. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? What do you think of him? Uh, but as soon as he was elected, I never heard from him again. I called him to congratulate him. He never called back. I know him 40 years. He is a major disappointment. I have other friends who say they knew he was a bad guy. They knew he was a racist. I didn't think he was a racist. I thought he was a classist, if you had money. 
but now I see all the warts and all the and I and playing to the bass and I just that's why I'm a pessimist. You said earlier in the interview, Hitler didn't look in the mirror and comb his hair and say I'm evil. But you knew Donald probably better than anyone. Forty years. When you were interviewing him, did you see any of I this? never thought Donald was introspective. I think Donald was a, always thought he was a total self-involved. Everything was about him. Everything was I. One time he called me, I think the New York Times... Mark Leibovich did a great story on me in the New York Times Magazine. This is when he was running. He called me up. He said, Larry, I just read that story. What a terrific story. You must be very proud. What a great story. I said, Donald, thanks. And this is the first time I think you've called without using the word I. <laughs> and he said, oh, by the way, he wants to interview me. Do you think I should do it? <laughs> No, I don't. This I don't. I don't understand this whole administration. I don't understand Washington. I don't understand chaos. Didn't understand the whole Kavanaugh thing. I don't understand where they're coming from. Why his base stays with him? Why evangelicals support Donald? Donald was one of the great, well, the worst coxman of all time. I mean, Donald had a lot of women, and. Uh, how the evangelicals support him is beyond belief to me. They're hypocrites, in my opinion. A 60,000 interviews in anybody. You talk to a baseball player, a football player, you talk to a politician, you talk to anybody. There is going to be the interview that they believe, if they were all drowning in the ocean, would be their greatest interview of all time, technically entertainment-wise, everything flawless, and then there's going to be number 60,000. That's the interview that went wrong, that they went home, and they were like, God, I wish I'd have done this. I wish I'd have done that. First, when the interview's over, I've forgotten about it. I go to the next day, and I'm always into the moment the next day. So I've done great interview. I mean, Sinatra's one of my all-time favorite two hours. And, but... I did Sinatra's last interview, television. Uh, the, the weirdest moment I ever had was I interviewed a God, I forgot his name. The guy who replaced Steve Jobs at Apple on radio. I had interviewed Steve Jobs when Apple started. Now I've interviewed the guy who replaced him. We do two hours interview and an hour interview, an hour of phone calls. Then he leaves, and now I take phone calls from the audience on anything they want to talk about. And the first caller says, Larry, you didn't ask him the key question. I said, what? He fired Steve Jobs. He was hired as president. Steve Jobs became a chairman, and then he had the power with the board and he fired the guy who hired him. I missed that. I didn't know it. Should have known it. Uh, that that really threw me. Because I, I can't get everything on. No one's ever done the perfect interview. 
but that I should have known. If you had to say off the top of your head the most perfect interview you ever had from start to finish, what would it be? I try to make a long time. Malcolm X. And I was prepared not to like him, and I really liked him. And he taught me things. Like, I was a liberal, and I am a liberal. But he made me think about things I hadn't thought of. Like, you ever know what it's like to, to never see yourself in a movie? When it's Christmas time, there's no black Santa Claus. What do you think that's like? What do you think it's like to be invisible? If you're a kid in the movie, you're the maid's son who runs into the house and Shirley Temple says, I'll meet you outside. What do you think that's like? He really made me think. So Malcolm X jumps out. I'm sure I've had a lot of great interviews, but Malcolm X jumps out. Hey, everybody. Let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, radio, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial-free episodes from Industry Standard, one-on-one coaching with me, and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business. I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to barrycats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. Hey everybody, I've talked a lot about AquaTrue on this show, the amazing water purification system that's literally a miniature water cooler in your home that purifies the water in a way that no one else has ever figured out how to do. It's this incredibly efficient piece of equipment, and it gives you the best tasting water you can ever imagine for pennies. You just take it out of the box, plug it in, put your tap water in it, and it takes out all the bad chemicals and gives you the best and healthiest water you can ever imagine, saving you thousands of dollars each year from buying bottled water in the store. I have one at my house and office, and Everyone who uses it orders one, and you should too. Just go to industrystandardwater.com and type in the promo code Barry, and if you act now, you can get $100 off and start enjoying the best and most cost-effective water you've ever had, and never waste another dollar buying bottled water again. 
I just want to share another groundbreaking product with you. It's a revolutionary air purifier that will change the way your home operates. And I'm talking about the air doctor. The air inside our home can be up to a hundred times more polluted than the air outside. But with the air doctor, you don't have to worry about it as it removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and so many other contaminants that circulate throughout our homes. Till now, the only thing that could come close to this product were systems that cost thousands of dollars. But now you can get the Air Doctor for a fraction of the cost, normally $600. And if you don't believe me, check Amazon. But for a limited time, I can give you 50% off and save you $300. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and get rid of all the bad toxins in your home. I'm telling you, I have this product. It really, really works. So get one now and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air you can ever imagine. One, one dos, two, three, cuatro, five, cinco, six. Six degrees of separation. Six degrees of separation. I'm going to mention some names. Tell me the first thing that comes to mind. It could be one word, a sentence. The Beatles. I had the great fortune of no, having Paul McCartney play piano here in this house on that <laughs> piano. I had dinner with him, and uh, he came over to the house, and he told my wife what to record. She made a record, and he had an idea of mixing up two Beatles songs. And then I interviewed on the one-year anniversary of their production in Vegas. I interviewed him and, and uh, Yoko Ono. I had him... Yoko Ono, George Harrison's widow, and the drummer. Ringo so, Starr. Yes, I had Ringo Starr, Paul McCartney, and the two widows on for an hour. So I had almost the Beatles, in a sense, in compass. But I interviewed McCartney quite a few. I had a great funny experience with McCartney. He's singing in Vegas at the MGM Grand, 12,000, 19,000 people, I don't know. So he says, come see me before the show, because after the show, there'll be a mob scene there. So I go in before the show, and we walk on the stage together, you know, the curtain's closed, and we're talking, and the band is there, and suddenly a voice off stage says, you're on, Paul. So uh, I said, I better, he says, okay, go through the curtain, and just walk down where you're sitting. I said, like the front center. He said, just go through the curtain, go down the side steps. Well, anyway, as I opened the curtain, <laughs> the lighting guy thought it was McCartney, which is the way they opened. So the curtain opens and the light's on me. <laughs> the audience start to yell, Larry, Larry. And McCartney from behind the curtain says, sing something. <laughs> <laughs> That's my McCartney sto Beatles story. Betty Davis. Oh, I loved her. She with her little glove, white gloves, and her cigarette. She was one of the few people who was allowed to smoke. smoke. Yeah, she and... Uh, Sean Penn, right? Sean Penn. And I said to her, what did you think about working with Faye Dunaway? And she said, I prefer professionals. <laughs> <laughs> Marlon Brando. The best. I love Marlon. Went to his house. Did two interviews with him at his house at the network, had dinner with him a few times. 
in his house there was nothing that said he was an actor. Uh, no Oscars, no books on theater, only on architecture. He was fascinated with architecture. Loved to sing old songs. Loved Yiddish. Loved the Yiddish language. So when he did that interview, the cop when he said the Jews did that shock you? Yeah, it did, and it shocked him. And he he he. I don't know where I knew where he was coming from, but he met with rabbis and he apologized, I guess. But that was a very a very thoughtful, frank opinion of his about Hollywood and minorities. He was a big stand-up for minorities. Frank Sinatra. Jackie Gleason got him for me. Uh, I said, I, it's impossible for me to get Sinatra on my radio show, a local radio show. This is the height of Sinatra's fame. And Gleason said... In Miami. Yeah. Uh, what's his off night at the Fonable? I said, next Monday. He said, you got him. I said, what? He says, you got him. I said, Jackie. He said, you got him. Jackie was very close. I was very close with Jackie. So I go back to the radio station. I said, next Monday, Frank Sinatra. And people are calling and come on. The station calls me in on Friday and say, we're taking a full page ad in the Miami Herald. We've called the Fontainebleau a dozen times. He doesn't return our calls. Are you sure he's going to do it? I said, well, Jackie told me he'll do it. I said, well, you're taking an ad. I'll call Jackie. I'll call Jackie. I said, is it okay for Monday night? He says, what? I go, oh, my God. I said, Sinatra, so don't worry. Okay. I said, he said, don't worry. Now it's Monday night. It's five minutes to nine. The whole station's there. The secretaries didn't go home. Salesmen didn't go home. Limo pulls up. Sinatra gets out. He had to walk up a few steps. It was a beautiful station, WIOD. I'm at the top of the stairs with a whole bunch of people. Sinatra walks up and says, who's Larry King? <laughs> I said, me. We go into the studio. We sit down. And God's honest truth, here's what I did. The light goes on. And I said, good evening. My guest is Frank Sinatra. Why are you here? <laughs> I didn't say my friend. I didn't. And he said, well, 10 years ago, I was working at Ben Maxick's Town and Country Club. In New York, it was closing night. I had laryngitis. A packed house. I called Gleason. I said, Jackie, would you come and do the show? Jackie was a big star on television. He came. He did an hour and a half. So I walked him out to his car when he was leaving. And I said, Jackie, I owe you one. So I'm at the Fontainebleau. I get a message to call Gleason. I call him up. I said, Jackie, it's Frank. And he said, Frank, this is the one. Breaking the rules. Always broke the rules. I never thought about it. I never said to myself, is this a good question or a bad question? Is this stupid or not? And I came from a point of view of leaving my uh, ego at the door, not using the word I, and trusting my instincts. I always trusted my instincts. And I listened to people growing up about that Godfrey was a hero, Red Bob at a base. And they always kind of broke rules. I like people who did things differently, who trusted their gut. And I do that to this. I trust my gut. 
you know, and people will say to me, well, how, why did you ask that? You know, I'm interviewing a person with a scar on his face. Where'd you get the scar? And I'm like, you, you ask that? Yeah. People are seeing it. I'm sitting there with a man with a scar. Ask about the scar. They're thinking it. Ask. As Herbie says, the key to Larry King's success is he's stupid. Basically, he's saying, help me. I don't know. Help me. Richard Pryor. He was something. He was fun to interview. He was very, very thoughtful. And he put a new place in comedy. He changed comedy. He was risky. He was a black stand-up. He was just special. Why he lit himself on fire? <laughs> but he was very sick at the end. It was sad when he left. Nelson Mandela. One of my favorite people of all time. The most important figure of the 20th century. To live in captivity for 26 years for crimes he didn't commit. To get a call on the same day I was, I interviewed Mandela twice, but I was in South Africa and I was at his house. And he came to the door wearing suspenders. And that just flipped me. And uh, that same night that I had lunch with Mandela, I had dinner with de Klerk, the man who freed him. And the clerk told me he called Mandela the night before Mandela was to be released. And he said, I'd like to have you address Parliament the next day. And Mandela said, no, I'm going to walk off. I'll walk to my people, and I'm going to be with my people. And then when he was elected president, he invited the guards from his prison to come to his investiture. Mandela was, Mandela was an extraordinary human being. He defined human being. Wow. Quincy Jones. I love Quincy. He had dinner here. There's a new uh, movie out about him. Uh, innovator, Sinatra loved him. Great arranger. Soft-spoken. And Quincy Jones is well within himself. He's totally comfortable in his own persona. He's a joy to be around. Incredible. Robin Williams. Off the cuff wild. The trouble with Robin's humor is you couldn't remember anything. It went so fast, it went so quick. So I can't... I... I did him on radio, did him on television. I can't remember any joke he ever said. He was too quick, too fast. Uh, Jonathan Winters was his idol. They would leave messages for each other on the phone that were hysterical. Jonathan Winters was hysterical. The concept of marriage. Well, I've been at it a lot. I've had seven of them, but this last one's been 21 years. Funny, and the others, I never really felt married. 
I've only been in love with three people in my life, really in love. I know what in love is. I got married because you're supposed to get married. When I was a kid, you're supposed to get married. Um, I, I felt that what you loved at 20 is not what you loved at 30. I thought monogamy was impossible. Did you look at this house I live in? My father, who never made $5,000 a year, would see this house and say, you stole this? Well, how did you get this? <laughs> you robbed a bank? Do you feel like you'd be doing what you're doing had your father lived? Don't know. I feel I would, yeah, because I so wanted broadcasting, so I wanted it before he died. And I, died. I was nine and a half when he died suddenly of a heart attack. Yeah, I think I'd I think I'd be doing it. I don't. I probably would have gone to college because you know as he grew and uh, my brother died last year, and that was very sad. He was three and a half years younger than me. You lose a sibling it was very tough. We were close. I'm going to be 85 in November. I can't believe I'm 85. I can't believe it. I can't believe 80 fucking five. Jesus. Your proudest moment in show business. <sighs> Getting a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Emmys. Presented in New York. Great honor. I want two Peabody's, which is our Pulitzer. But that night, to get a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, I'd say that was... The proudest personal achievement was fatherhood. Nothing beats fatherhood. Your biggest disappointment in show business and how you used it to fuel yourself to the next level? That I didn't start out earlier to be a national person. I should have sent out tapes. I, I got the first national network radio show, talk show, when I was 50. I could have gotten it when I was 30. I'm not any better. I listen, if I listen to an old tape when I was 26, I'm still the same. I should have been, I was, amb I was a big man in Miami. I should have spread my wings sooner. I could have made more, a lot more money earlier. The most memorable moment of all the interviews that made you cry on the air. It was Danny Kay. Fate and how it played a part don't have any. I uh, grew up Jewish. I was bar mitzvahed, but I lost my faith pretty early. And then, of all, I was very good friends with Billy Graham. Uh, they all told me I have sp I have no no belief in anyone up there. I just asked Neil deGrasse Tyson, the great astrophysicist, if he believes. He says, "Perfect." I don't know. How did it all start? I don't know. I'm impressed. My wife, my youngest son, they have total belief they're going somewhere, that there is a God. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. There's some heavenly father. I don't think anyone's looking at me. I believe in the poem Invictus. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to bowl, 
pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul in the fell clutch of circumstance. Circumstance. I have not winced or cried aloud under the bludgeonings of chance. My head is bloody, but unbowed. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishment the scroll. I'm the master of my fate. I'm the captain of my soul. I don't believe there's anyone out there. How did all this begin? I don't know. Last question. What advice do you have for the young person growing up in a small town somewhere? Maybe Keep go going through a tragedy or something like I'll that. I'll tell you the best thing about this business. It's always an opening. It's never closed. If you want to be a broadcaster, go for it. If you're in school, major in communications. And take any job that's offered to you. And you get, if they tell you they want you to be a receptionist at a radio station, take it. Because when you're in, you're in. Then you get to know the people, and one day a guy will be sick. You'll do it. So have faith. If someone can tell you you don't want to, whatever your profession, if someone tells you, now nah, you don't want to be a doctor, if that can convince you, then you don't want to be a doctor. If someone could talk you out of it with a sentence and get up off the ground and, as Woody Allen says, get off the porch. Get off the porch. A lot of people sit on the porch and dream. Dreams don't work. Get off the porch. Larry King, this has been one of the greatest honors of my life and to be here sitting across from you. And looking past you at the piano where Paul McCartney sat. And that picture which Sinatra painted is above it. Incredible. Thank you, Barry. If only they had named you Larry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to scroll through the list of people who sent me a message. And one of these people will be a lucky winner. And they'll get to attend a podcast live with one of my guests, meet them, shake their hand, ask them a few questions, or else if they're out of town, out of state, or out of the country, we'll Skype them in or FaceTime them or anything like that so they can be there. Why not? So let me look here randomly and pick somebody. All right, landing on Mark Conforti, March 17th, 2018. It reads, keep them coming, five stars. And the comment reads, Barry does a fantastic job with these interviews. Keep them coming. Love the response to, quote, what's your greatest failure and how did you use that to fuel yourself going to the next level, unquote. Thank you, Barry. Mark, thank you so much. Congratulations. You are a winner. And that wraps up part two of our podcast. I just wanted to thank my incredible partners, starting with Wondery. Check out their lineup of some of the greatest podcasts in the world at Wondery.com. And Aquatrue, the revolutionary miniature countertop water purification system that works straight out of the box. Plug it in, fill it with tap water, and immediately turn your faucet into your favorite bottled water for pennies. You can get $100 off when you go to industrystandardwater.com and just 
type in the promo code BEAR and start enjoying the best water you've ever had and never buy another bottle of water again. And I Killed JFK, the groundbreaking film about the only living person who admitted to killing Kennedy. Go to IKillJFK.com, buy the film and the rare interviews with five of the last living experts, and I guarantee it'll change your mind about what happened that day. And the Air Doctor, the innovative portable air purification system which will change your overall quality of life. It instantly removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and other contaminants circulating in your home. Normally $600, and if you don't believe me, check Amazon right now. But for a limited time, I can offer you 50% off. That's a $300 savings. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air in the world. And Good Company, an extraordinary web series on YouTube that host Scott Bowling created where you can watch music interviews with incredible artists talking openly about their journey in the music business. If you like a great in-depth music interview where you can hear about each album in chronological order and what the artist experienced along the way, this is the show for you. Interviews with incredible talents like Michael Sweet from Striper, Clinton Lejean from Seven Dust, Brian Head Welsh from Corn, Elias from Nonpoint, Mikey from Islander, Sonny from POD, and Rich Ward from Fozzy and Stuck Mojo, just to name a few. Check out Good Company on any social media outlet under Good Company with Bowling or go to www.scottgoodcompany.com. And finally, Boku Superfoods, the purest, most potent, and delicious certified organic, kosher, and vegan superfood blends on the planet. Boku Superfood is changing the game for thousands of people in 65 countries with their incredible formulated powders that you just add any liquid to and make the healthiest drinks or smoothies in the world. Just go to BokuSuperfood.com. That's B-O-K-U Superfood.com. Look for the three-pack trial. Enter the promo code Barry at checkout. Just pay a minimal shipping fee and get a full week's supply of Boku Superfood for free. I guarantee you'll look and feel better and understand why Boku is the number one family-owned superfood company in the world. And here's a preview of the next very special episode. Jeremy Piven. If one can get out of their own way and be totally present in an audition and just do what you set out to do and have the mindset of, I'm going to do the best I can right now, be totally present and, and give the best version of everything that I've worked on. If they get it, fantastic. If they don't, I'm on to the next. It's cool. And once you just embody that energy, you're going to be unstoppable. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. As always, this has been Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. And if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You get all the money, drive that fancy car, all the people love you. You're going for life is for the dreamers. They have all to gain. It's never quite over. 
Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to BarryKatz.com. Before you leave, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast. Leave a comment and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support and have a great day.